we're gabbing, uh, uh, we're gabbing, we're gabbing, uh, uh, we're gabbing, we're gabbing, uh, uh, we're gabbing. Welcome to Gabbing. Gabbing. With Gracie. And Heather. I was going to open a rosé, but I think I'm just going to finish this little bit of Cabernet Sauvignon I have left because I am so sleepy. I mean, we're always sleepy, but I'm like so sleepy tonight that I think this is going to be my limits. This is going to be like, we are usually sleepy, but you're more sleepy than usual. And I'm actually awake. I've been, wow. And in, in trying to read, I've been falling asleep kind of early. So you're getting extra sleep. I'm getting Ooh. extra sleep. I have the barefoot tonight. Pinot Grigio. Been going to sleep like extra early. It's been very refreshing, like just being in bed and reading a book, but it's just been glorious. I don't know. Even Fitzy today woke up at five something in the morning, crawled into our bed. And of course, we're both internally lamenting that he wakes up so early, but he went right back to sleep and he woke up a quarter to seven, which is pretty late. Good for, for you. So I'm glad you're refreshed. I am. But I got to get energized because it's my favorite Jane Austen book. Yay. And I love me some Jane Austen. Yeah. So we're going to discuss Jane Austen's persuasion tonight. And hopefully you have all read it. But if you have not, the general plot of the story is that Anne Elliot, who's our main character, is 27 years old. And she... Back when she was 19, fell in love with Frederick Wentworth, who was a sailor and he didn't have any fortune. And they got engaged and her family, specifically her father and her older sister and her mother's best friend, Lady Russell, who was like a second mother to her, convinced her to break off the engagement. And so... Frederick went off, became a wealthy captain, and it is eight and a half years later, and their paths cross again. I'm just going to let you tell the whole entire thing. Like, (laughs) I have not read this book for a long, long time, and I only made it up to chapter eight in like two days. So I'm pretty impressed with myself. Yeah, that's pretty good because we didn't have a whole lot of time to reread this. I know that Pride and Prejudice is your favorite. Jane Austen, followed by Emma. But I just, I have a question I want to ask you, and you could think about it for a few minutes if you want. But like, as we all know, Gracie loves her aggrieved characters. Yes. Nothing you love more than aggrieved characters. Yes. So I'm like surprised you don't like this story more just because it's the two main characters, Anne Elliot and Frederick Wentworth, are aggrieved characters. So I was thinking about it, and would you do you think that you would like this better if you had Wentworth's perspective? Like, is it because you're just getting it from Anne's side? Perhaps, but you know, right now, in chapter, no, no, well, not right now, in chapter seven, I was reading, and I thought I was reading in Anne's thoughts, but it was Frederick's thoughts and I thought to myself like oh wow like I don't I don't recall realizing that before and I actually appreciated that but it made me not like him because of what he was saying but of course the reason why he's saying it is because he knew that she she probably told him and you correct me if I'm wrong or she probably didn't tell him because that would be kind of mean that she's breaking off the engagement because of her family I think he realized that Lady Russell had something to do with it. I don't know if he realizes. Also, to be fair, I've I've read the book once. I've read it it some time ago. So sometimes, you know, you have to like read or watch something a second time in order to really appreciate it. I love all of my Jane Austen books. I just. Yeah. And I think I think my preference for Pride and Prejudice was simply because it was the first book that I read. And mm-hmm. then when I had an interaction with it again, it was the 1995 BBC movie or miniseries with Colin Firth. And I love me some Colin Firth. And they showed, like you said, his perspective of an aggrieved yeah. man. And that's what a lot of people, I think, have fallen in love with. Yeah, I think that it just needed more of his perspective as well. 
But yeah, I'm pretty sure that he doesn't realize that Sir Walter Elliot and Elizabeth Elliot are really part of the issue of the engagement but being know, broken off. But like, you definitely get the vibe that he knows that Lady Russell was involved. If that's, I, I find that so odd because we, this is the society where if you have money, you're a catch. And if you don't have money, you're like, you know. In general, but I will say that within the Elliot household, at least, there's, it's more than that. Because they even say, like, when he looks at the baronet, like, in the very beginning, he likes to go in and read about himself. Mm-hmm. It mentions that he likes to go back and he need, he likes to read about, like, the people that are older, that have been titled longer. Mm-hmm. And he, like, admires them and stuff. But the people that are, like, new to the book, he likes to kind of, like, be like, oh, I'm better than them. Like, he Rush thinks he's better boss. than, yeah, like, because he's, well, and I think is... I figured out they've been, they've had their title for five generations. Okay. So anyone that has had it less, he feels like they're better than them. Sorry, I keep oh, interrupting. No, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Be- because it's just showcasing, again, you mentioned snobbery, how snobbish he is. So Frederick Wentworth should know that. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, they, how long were they in in love for, you know, from beginning to end? Yeah, First introduction really to breaking off the engagement. Because he has to have come across the family one way or another. They do remember him, but only Why? Elizabeth and Sir Walter. Which he makes sense. Mary. And that makes sense. Because Mary's like, she seems to just be aloof and melodramatic. She is well, she was at school. Oh, there you go. Yeah, she was at school. Than me. So I'm just shocked that he would yeah. be upset, let's say, for lack of a better word. Again, have not read the books in a long time. Only got up to chapter eight with Anne and Lady, Lady Russell for causing it. Like, did he really think that Sir Walter and Elizabeth were going to be accepting of him? Probably based off not. of also the way that they treat Anne, like she's just a third wheel. Yeah, he probably it's it it was probably more like he didn't take into consideration that maybe Anne would even like abide by what they said, but like Lady because Russell, of how she's treated. Yeah, but like Lady Russell was basically chosen by Anne's mother to come in and become her mother after her mother's passing. So, like, he knows how important her relationship is to Anne and how she was probably the main reason. And she probably values her opinion more mm-hmm. than Sir Walter and Elizabeth. And had Lady Russell not said anything, then and may have been married Yeah, to him all this time. I mean, we never know, but yeah, probably. That's probably what the thinking was. Okay. Because Elizabeth and Sir Walter are just very, very silly people. They're comical. You can say that again. Do you really? Do, are, are you are you saying that to be sarcastic, or do you actually think that they're comical? In a sarcastic way, they're comical. Okay. Like they're over the top. Like I think that they were meant to be sarcastic, comical characters. Like when I was reading the beginning, I'm like, dude, really? Like, get off your freaking high horse! Like. Like, he, yeah. he kind of reminds me of just a little bit of um, Emma's father. That He's just a little yeah. bit over the top for, like, no reason whatsoever. He's just, like, he's, yeah, he's just, like, one of those snobby people where, like, he just thinks that because they've been given this arbitrary title that he was born into, that they're, like, better than everybody else. And there's well, a lot of people who think apart. that way. They are falling yeah. apart. They are in debt. And fortunately, Lady Russell, really, and who was the other person, helped uh, out. Is it Mr. Shepard? Mr. Yes, Shepard. Mr. Shepard. Who um, is Mrs. Clay's father? That's right. Scandalous situation there. She was able to, well, they, actually, they were able to find a way for them to pay off all of their debt in five years' time. Yeah, they basically gave them 
three options. They had to move to London, move to Bath, or move to a small country home. And Anne really wanted number three because she doesn't like Bath. But she had to deal with it because I guess they chose Bath. Oh, my gosh. This is a, this is a little bit off topic, but I, I jotted this down that when they were trying to convince, when Mr. Shepard was trying to convince them to let the house out to Croft and Mrs. Croft, they said a lady without a family was the very best preserver of furniture in the world. Because <laughs> they were saying like, oh, well, he... Like, he's married, so his his wife is going to take care of the house. And, like, oh, since she doesn't have any children, your house is going to be in, like, great shape. And I was like, that's so rude. That's really rude. Well, everything that they thought of was really yeah. rude. I was just like, what? Like, what? I mean, like, okay, I, I guess when you have kids, I mean, it could go either way. They could still care about the furniture, tell the kids get off the couch don't do this don't do that you know mm-hmm. whatever so I was just like huh what but okay I'm not from those times so yeah. I'm tr- trying to understand as best as I could but it just seems like so dumpy like oh she'll take care of the furniture that's her priority that's all she's good for okay I guess so I don't know yeah it was rude so we go from being introduced to the Elliot family, right? And, and then all from their absurdity. Absurdity and greed. And because of their greed, like you said, they've had to let the house, which means rent the house that they live in. Coincidentally, oh, they even say that, I forget how they word it, that they live, they basically imply that Sir Walter Elliot and Elizabeth live like they're new rich people. Like, they don't live like they're old rich people. Like, they spend and spend and spend. And that they have, like, they say something like, with the fervor of a valet of someone new to society or something like that. Which is interesting since they want to look down at people who are new money. Yeah. But that's why they have to show off what they have so bad, I guess. Louise. they're a hot mess they are a hot mess our Janie was definitely judging them yes thank god she was like I'm in the winter of my life let me tell you what I think about you people <laughs> <laughs> because for those that do not know this was her last completed novel and it was it was they quote, quote unquote it was finished the writing but we don't know if the editing was finished so it was, it was, um, we know she started to edit it because the ending that we know of is actually the second ending. The original ending that she wrote, there was no letter from Frederick professing his love. Mm-hmm. That was added like, I did not know this. Sometime later, like some months after she finished like the original writing. So it seemed like she had started to edit it, but. It wasn't actually like, I don't know that she actually finished editing it. So it was released after her death. Very, very interesting. So, and people think it was the the ending that she wanted in her own life. Do you approve? Yeah, I mean, we don't actually know if like she, she had such a romantic entanglement with What's his name? Tom Lafroy. Lafroy. But the romantics in us like to think that there was and that she pined yes. after him. <laughs> and so he was her Wentworth. Oh. So. I didn't. So, I didn't, yeah. I didn't now I know he was like her Wentworth. Okay. Such yeah. A, I, for, for, for those of you who are not, I'm not going to consider myself a Janeite because I'm not like 100%, you know. You appreciate that involved. Yes, I do appreciate. But Anne Hathaway started in this great movie called Becoming Jane. And, you know, you get to supposedly learn a little bit more about her. I don't know how much of it was 100% factual, but you get to learn about Jane Austen, definitely. It was probably a loose interpretation. Probably, but I loved it. Yeah, we like to we like to think that she had like a little bit of romance. Yes. It would be nice. Because, yeah, I heard somebody said, like, oh, I can't believe 
Jane Austen wrote this extremely romantic novel that Persuasion is when she was never in love. And I was like, that's a pretty bold statement. You don't know if she was in love or not. Exactly. And even if she wasn't, she can write a love story. She could do whatever she wants yeah. to do. Yeah. She yeah, just because she didn't she marry doesn't mean that she didn't have love in her life. Exactly. Yeah. It could be very much one of these situations, but she's able to fulfill her happy ending through books. Mm-hmm. Jane, we got your back. Uh, so one of the things that I had forgotten about when I was rereading this was that Anne does warn Elizabeth about Mrs. Clay before she leaves. She does. And Elizabeth was like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, dad would never be interested. Like, she's got a protruding tooth, and I forget what else she said about her. Yeah, she's she, she's not hot, yeah. basically. Now, and, and for those of you who don't know, again, um, Mrs. Clay is the daughter of Mr. Shepherd. She was married? Yeah, I it, it was... It, they don't it get was hard to details. say, like, if she was a widow or if they would have just said she, she abandoned a widow. they said she had like an unfortunate marriage or something like that i just assumed that he was an abusive douchebag and she had to leave yeah and she had some kids and they're all there together and she's always hanging out at yeah. the play household she's elizabeth's companion and like we she- said earlier she's the daughter of mr shepherd who is a family friend, but also their lawyer. And it's frowned upon because of the fact that she's always there, right? Yeah, she's there way too much. And Lady Russell, it really rubs her the long way, wrong way because Mrs. Clay is there all the time and Anne is being ignored. So she feels like it's a snub against Anne. And it is because yeah. considering the fact that they are sisters they should be each other's companions yeah exactly they just don't appreciate Anne she's too good for them she is too good for them and just because she is not as pretty as Elizabeth or handsome as Sir Walter they just like ignore her is it the same with Mary the youngest Elliot I don't know that they really go into it. I don't think Mary would even care if they ignored her because she thinks that everybody ignores her and that she's so mistreated. So That's a very good point there. That's a very good point. Oh, so, okay. So I'm, I'm trying to go like by order here. Okay. So they're oh, like letting the house. Yeah. Um, they decide to move to Bath, which Anne hates because it just brings back horrible memories for her. Before we get to them going to bath though there was something at the very beginning that i wanted even to point there. out they do mention that they had a stillborn son yes and that reminds it me of pride and prejudice not because they have a stillborn son but because they don't have a male male heir yes yes have that yes whole predicament where they're like part of the reason why Elizabeth never married is because Sir Walter really wanted her to marry the other Walter, who is his nephew, nephew. or some kind of relation like yeah. that. Because they say like he's the distant great nephew. grandson. I don't even think it's a distant nephew. It's the great grandson of Sir Walter's grandfather. So it sounded like it was either like a nephew or like a second cousin, maybe. Okay. Be more like a nephew. Lord, but he was the closest living rel- male relative. So rather than Elizabeth, Anne, or Mary getting the estate and the baronage after Sir Walter's passing, it's going to go to the other Walter Elliot. And so I think it's like, is it William? Is it Walter William Elliot? I don't know. Slight difference. I can't remember, but he, um, the younger Mr. Shade, he the 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 younger Elliot's male Elliot just throws shade. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that seemed to me like was the actual reason why Elizabeth never married because 
Sir Walter really wanted her to marry him, and he tried to get that to happen several years ago, but then the younger Mr. Elliot ran off and married a rich woman. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because I was like, oh yeah, they had, they did have that stillborn son. It could, it could go both ways, people. It could go both ways. You can marry a rich man or you can marry a rich rich woman. Yeah. And he did. Mm -hmm. He got his money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so you were saying, so they chose to go to Bath. They chose to go to Bath, um, but Anne stayed behind. But Mrs. Clay went. Of course she did. And this, and like you said, and let her know beforehand, like, yeah. you, better, you better watch out. She's going after daddy. She's going after daddy. She winds up, Anne winds up going to, where is it that they go? Uh, the the cottage and the great house. Where is that located? Upper it's Cross. near Kellidge. Upper Cross, yes. Upper Cross. Yes, which is uh, not too far away from where the Elliot's home was. Kellynch, Kellynch, Kellynch Hall, I think it is. Yes. While there, we get to meet Mary, who's a hot mess. But we love her. If you've not, if you've not already heard, (laughs) uh, Mary's husband, what's his name? Michael Charles. Charles. Oh my gosh, Charles Musgrove, man, (laughs) who showed interest in Anne, but that didn't go anywhere, obviously, because it was after Frederick. And she was like, well, thank you. No, my heart is taken. I'm going to be over here pining. Forever. Yeah, I would be curious to know how many years after Wentworth it was, because we know it's been eight and a half years since their engagement was broken off. How old are the children? I think that Charles and Mary have been engaged for at least, or married for at least four years. Okay. They have two children. Let's say five or six years they've been married. Okay. Because I know both the boys are running around. Mm -hmm. So we'll say they've been married like six years. And I think that it was a year after he proposed to Anne that he ended up proposing to Mary. So then let's say immediately after Frederick Wentworth. Well, I think it has been at least a year. A year We'll say a year or two. A year after. So, okay. So that's pretty, that's, that kind of makes sense. Jeez Louise, they move fast over there. Okay. They got to get this going. They're not living that long back in the day. No, they weren't. And different way of, ways of thinking. Yeah. Bride, uh, what is it? Child brides. Yeah. Well, and they, that's, so since we're talking about the Musgroves, I'll bring this up. They did Richard Dick Musgrove wrong. <laughs> I was thinking about that. That's Charles's brother that died. Oh, His yes, brother that yes, died. yes, and yes. So we find out. I'm getting a, a little bit ahead of myself, but we find I out that the I don't think you are. The Musgroves have a connection to Frederick Wentworth, where the mother remembers that he was the captain on the ship where her son was, Richard Musgrove, who they call Poor Richard. But when he was alive, they called him Dick, and he was the younger brother, Charles. And what I realized is he had to have been really young because... Sounds like it. He died when he was... They said he was not not yet 20. So he was 19 years old when he died, and they said that he had been at sea for years. So I think that they sent him to sea when he was like 12, 13 years old. Because he was if a not troublemaker earlier. or something? Yeah, they said he, they wrote him off. They said that he was, um, let me look it up because I wrote down the page number. But I was like, he was just a baby at that point. Like They couldn't handle him because he was too rambunctious. Like they, um, like it's just so different back then. Like Let's you don't know again. who you are as a person when you're that young. Oh. But they just assume, that. like, you know, these are the responsibilities. You're the second son. You probably have to do this and you have to do that. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And he was probably not having any of it. So they, okay, he had been several years at sea. Um, they said that he had been sent to sea because he was stupid and unmanageable on shore. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. he had been very little cared for at any time by his family. 
though quite well, so, as much so as he fault, deserved. So whose fault was that? The family's fault. Yeah, they said that, and they said that he was very little cared for at any time by his family. Um, they sell, he was seldom heard of and scarcely at all regretted. Then it was two years previously that his death was reported. And the mother mentions that it was the Laconia that he was on and that the only two letters that she received from him that weren't like asking for things were written when he was on the Laconia and he talked about his captain who was Frederick. But I was like, this kid, if he was 19 and he had been at sea for several years, he was really young. And that's like really harsh because like people can change a lot. People can change a lot. And, you know, he probably, he had time to think. And he's like, these people, they don't care about me. Why am I going to write them any letters? Yeah. Why? Yeah, they sent them away. I want to be writing letters to them. Yeah. Y'all think I'm stupid and unmanageable? Like, I'm just, I'm just being young. Yeah. I mean, you hear about people that are sent to sea when they're, like, 12, 13 years old. Um, or even younger, because it's the whole, like, cabin boy. But, like, I guess I never really thought that it was for those types of reasons. I always assumed it was, like, the parents couldn't afford to feed them or something, so but they the, sent them off. It could but be one of the reasons. The Musgroves have... Like they're they're well off. They're up there in that society. Yeah, because that was considered a really good match for Mary, and they talk about it with that the their cousins, like Charles Hader, who Henrietta Musgrove is romantically involved with, which they're first cousins. <laughs> Did you catch that? I, I I didn't get to that. Okay. Like, anytime, anytime I hear something like that, it's just like. <sighs> the reason why I bring up Charles Hader is because they're, they also have like a fairly nice estate. They have Winthrop and they talk about like Charles talks about how his cousin Charles is the oldest son and that he's going to inherit that. Um, but like. They're looked at like they're super poor compared to like the Musgroves of Uppercross. Like Mary very much looks down at the Hater family because they don't like have as many servants and stuff like that. So like they could have fed poor Richard. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, but they're kind of Correct me if I'm wrong. They're like a farm family. Like they take care of farms or something. The Musgroves. What's their line of business? Oh, that's a good question. Most of those families are, well, they don't do the farming themselves. They rent the land out. You got to think like Downton Abbey. And they used they, to lease the yes. land out and they would get like a but portion I just, of it. Is that, was that like good, good for lack of a better word? Like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just well, feel that, like the Elliots will look down on that because it's farm that they own or are letting. Whatever. I guess it depends because I think there's like the gentleman farmers, which are the people that don't actually do the farming. But they have other people taking yeah. care of the farm. And because Mary, like, would Charles Musgrove have been good enough for Elizabeth as a firstborn? Probably with everybody else's mindset, but not with Sir Walter Elliot. Okay. Because now I'm thinking, like, you know how the oh, men no. back yeah. then, like, the firstborn had this responsibility and that yeah. it would just be, like, lesser and lesser, you know, for, mm-hmm. like, quote-unquote. Is that the same with the girls? Because I know the oldest one, obviously, she is out in society first, right? So that she can nab that she might get a rich man. She might get a bigger dowry. Okay. This is actually really interesting because now I'm second guessing myself because I watched this really interesting video about from a Jane Austen person that I watch and um she talks about the different circles within society at the time and she talks about it with respect to pride and prejudice because I'll just send it to you for one we talk about pride and prejudice. It talks about how like the Bennets and um, the Darcy's are both 
in the same kind of level of society, but they're not in the same circle of society. That makes sense. And that's where like um, it comes in where Elizabeth is like, I am the daughter of a gentleman and he is a gentleman, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. then uh, what's her face? Auntie is like, you're not good enough for my nephew. Right. Because Catherine you're Dibber. not like it's based off of the titles, right? Also. Well, Darcy actually doesn't have a title. His mother, right. his mother had a title. You are but right. But it did not pass down. That's why Lady Catherine has a title because her sister was Darcy's mother, and because it doesn't pass down from the mother, he did not get a title. Oh, I did. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that, and I'm like shaking my head that I didn't know that. But you, but even even without Lady Catherine de Bourgh, he's so up there. Yeah. Like, like I, I understand what you're saying, and I've always known that. But now that we're talking about it, it's just, it just amazes yeah. me that they're on the same level. Like they're, they are the highest of the high. Mm-hmm. And um, oh my god, I'm drawing a blank where they live in that in in that area in that neighborhood. Yeah. But compared to like the Darcys, like no, because the, the Darcys they can go to London. Yeah, they automatically would go to London. Yeah, because you have your different, it's like, it's like circles within layers, because you have your different strata of society. I'm making hand motions, people. I know that's super helpful when you can't see it. I love it. I love it. But then within each strata, you also have circles. And like the closer to the inner part of the circle is, the higher in society you are. So it's like, there's so many different things that you have to navigate. I guess my point is society. now I'm like questioning myself that maybe there is a bigger difference between the haters and the Musgroves that I'm thinking of, even though that they're related. Well, if you're saying that Mary, I know Mary is not a Musgrove by birth, but she has to be saying that for a reason, that they're in a different level of society than their cousins. Yeah. Are they living in the same town? Because then that also would be, you know. They're walking distance because they walk over to Mm. see them. Okay. All right. Or maybe Mary's just being Mary. It's probably a combination of both. But uh, one of the things I took note of is just like how when uh, Anna's at Upper Cross, how she gets stuck in between everybody because... Mary is complaining about Mrs. Musgrove and Mrs. Musgrove is complaining about Mary and then Henrietta and and uh, Louisa get into the mix and even Charles is like I wish you could Ugh. get your sister to stop acting so sick all the time and blah yes. blah blah yes. and Anne is just standing there smiling <laughs> up against the wall like why y'all coming up to me telling me all of your problems she is the one that everyone goes to she is the therapist everyone feels comfortable with her every because she makes everyone feel at ease that's just her personality because she's so kind and good of course that's why Frederick Wentworth loves her I think maybe that's another thing why this book wasn't like it just seems like she's almost flawless in a way like she's great with the kids. She's great with Charles. She's great with this person. Yeah. She's she's great. She's just great. She's just great. It's like really, please, like nobody's that good. It. Nobody, no, yeah, nobody is that good. But let me even backtrack and say, well, this is where she messes up because she lets other people make the decision mm-hmm. for her. She wasn't um, strong enough to say no. I love this man, and I'm going to marry him. Yeah, exactly. She had that character flaw at the time. Mm-hmm. It shows that we're not all perfect. No, we have a... She's allowed to make a mistake, but it was a very, very costly mistake. Yeah. It and was she, definitely and she, one she regretted. Yeah, and she, she was just saying, like, you know, like, if it were her, if she were in his place, then she wouldn't have waited so long to, like, find him not that he even found her but you know due to the circumstance mm-hmm. that he happens to be the brother of mrs croft who is whose husband the admiral is letting the house the elliot house things happen and it's meant to be it is meant to be mm-hmm. so um 
I lost my train of thought. It's all good. <laughs> I'll have a sip of my. Oh, uh, so one thing I'll say is that like. I feel like the um, all of the different adaptations that they've done in Persuasion make it sound like Anne really doesn't particularly care for Mary, but they do comment in the book that the Anne being in between of everybody, like being everybody's confident, is the worst part of staying there. So she actually like does really enjoy her sister. Yeah, I don't get that idea at all. I think I think she knows that Mary over exaggerates how she feels but she she never says anything otherwise and now that I think about it I don't think she ever said anything about Elizabeth and Sir Walter either no because she's too uh, good except one specific adaptation (laughs) although I feel like all the different ones kind of make it sound like she's not like that fond of Mary you mean adaptation as in the movie like television adaptations I'll say, like, overall, like, anything that Even isn't the original Jane Austen. Okay. Um, Other people are interpretations. Like, if yeah. it doesn't say Jane Austen on it. Yeah, if it's, it's not, book, like, straight up Jane Austen. I feel like um, people interpret that more. But, like, in, the, in this book. That's the tricky thing about books in general. Yeah. Everyone has their own interpretation. And that's why you have battles over things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But so she does enjoy the time. I think she appreciates it too because she's. Yeah, she didn't want to go to Bath and she wanted. Yeah, she's at a crossroads. She wanted to be in her neighborhood. She wanted to be able to see like her family and her friends, including Lady Russell. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. To the point that she even like dealt with the fact that Frederick popped up because she probably could have been like uh i'm off to bat i'm gonna bounce i'm gonna go to bath not waiting for lady russell right but she likes being close to home yeah so yeah so it turns out that frederick comes to stay with the admiral and his sister and he's looking for love in all the wrong places he's got his money he's got his title he's a captain and he's ready to settle down. I just like I single like, like, and ready to mingle. I just I mean, of course, this is 2023 and we're X amount of age. The fact that sailors were like, or people who would go into that profession was kind of like looked down on just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I guess it also depended on what exactly you were the doing. The reason why and what you're oh. Yeah, because I think, like, the, and I'm not a historian, but, like, what I always got was you were doing it because you didn't have necessarily an alternative. You weren't, you were a second or third or fourth or fifth son. You didn't have other opportunities that would necessarily work for you or, like, your family didn't have any property or anything. Because, like, do we know what edward does i'm curious because i think that edward is the older son in the wentworth family i don't even know no edward i haven't gotten (laughs) okay he goes we don't actually see edward edward's referred to mrs croft talks about edward or no is it mrs croft it might be should be it might be admiral croft mentions like edward got engaged or something or like Makes reference to like um I think I think that he got Edward and Frederick confused and thought that Edward stayed in the neighborhood, but then later on he's like, oh I'm like it was Frederick actually or something like that. There's some kind of comment like that. So you hear about Edward a few times in the book. Frederick goes to see him at one point before he goes to Bath. I I I recall that there was a little bit of confusion as to which brother they were talking about at the beginning yeah so he's only mentioned a couple of times because it sounded like uh he went to talk to edward possibly about Anne before he went to bath about what he was feeling about running into Anne and stuff Mm. but yeah so i'm i'm curious to see what edward does for a living um if he because maybe he was the older son and he got any like property that might have been available 
Oh, that would make sense. Or something. Oh, let's see if we can find this up. There has to be a Jane Austen wiki. I am on the wiki page, and it looks like he has been brought up about three times. Oh, okay. And it says here he's a sibling of Captain Wentworth and Mrs. Croft. He was the curate of Monkford. Here we go. Okay. In Somerset for two or three years. His curacy was the reason that Captain Wentworth came to Monkford in 1806, where he developed an affection for Anne Elliot and eventually became engaged to her before she was persuaded to end the relationship. So he is the older brother because okay. Wentworth doesn't have a choice but to go into the service. So there we go. But it doesn't say like no. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Uh So well, while they're still at Upper Cross, and Frederick is introduced to the mix, and they all fall in love with him. They all think he's fantastic because he is. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, he has to be right. Frederick pieces out for a minute, and he goes to see his buddy Captain Harville, and his other. I love that, you know, like, Anne is the best. He's the best. Everyone loves them. Oh, my God. Why why aren't they the best together? But continue. And it's like, they wait till the very, very, very end. Like, they make us suffer. And she does that with all the books, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She does that with all the books. She's the torturer here. Yeah. So um, Frederick comes back and he talks about his buddies, Harville and Benwick, and they they're so excited about hearing about these guys. They think they're like just the grooviest that they're like, we gotta all go to Lyme. <laughs> so they, they were going to go to Lyme for just the day. And I think the parents had to be like, you guys need to stay overnight. It's like a seven hour drive. So um, so they end up going overnight. <laughs> They didn't like realize that. Like, uh, they were like, "Why would away? you go that far just for like a minute to hang out?" Like, spend the night. So they go to Lyme, and they all become buddy buddy. We find out that Benwick was supposed to be marrying Captain Harville's sister Fanny, but she died tragically. I think of like tuberculosis or something. I can't remember. She died. She was very young. He's He's very, like, depressed and uh, just sits and talks to Anne about poetry. And she's all ears. because Yeah, she's, she's all ears. She's like, I, I feel you. I, I have lost a great love myself. Let's, let's be buddies. So they're having their old grand, grand time uh, being sorrowful in the corner while everybody else is having a laugh. Fast forward. Louisa's an idiot. Louise is the biggest idiot on the planet. Like, I like, like that is the one thing I remember very well. Yeah, from the books, Louisa just karma got her ass. You think it's karma? Well, I mean, they were like, okay, cut it out. Yeah, he said no. Let's, we're not doing this. And she was like, oh, you better catch me. Boom. She didn't even cut herself. She just knocked herself. No, damn out. Y'all, she was uh in line jumping off of just a small a wall. Yeah, I think they said that it was like too windy, so they decided to because they were walking along this wall on like the coast, and they decided it was too windy, so they were gonna walk down so that they had some coverage, so they were at the bottom of the wall on the beach. Yeah, and she was like. Oh, I'm a silly little fool that is the opposite of Anne. And that's the purpose I serve. So I'm just going to like jump off these stairs and be all flirty. I'm such a Louisa hater. You you very clearly are a Louisa hater. Yes. Yes, you are. Although, yeah, she's young and dumb. It's the perfect age for a catastrophe. And she's trying to go after our man Wentworth, which who could blame her? But step back. Question. Yes. Are they both, both the Miss Musgroves are going after Wentworth? Or is it just really no. Lisa? Henrietta's all about her boy Charles, her cousin. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought that, like, happened after, but okay. No, because... Uh, like, happened that- after, like, maybe, like, okay, maybe, like, her and Louisa talked it out. Like, okay, you'll just have... You'll just no. go after Wentworth. Okay. I got the impression that she liked Charles for quite a while. Okay. 
So, yeah. So it was just all about Louisa. And everybody kind of shipped them. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, Louisa's going to marry Wentworth. And I think Charles even says that. Like, Charles, when he's defending his cousin, Charles Hader, he's like, I would be very happy if Henrietta married Charles and Louisa married uh, Wentworth. Like, that would be an ideal situation for me. And Mary was like, the hairs are so poor. <laughs> you should have seen that. Sorry, I'm tired. And <laughs> hey, you are a Louisa hater, hater. Henrietta hater, my actual hater. They're nice. They're just young girls. Yeah, they're they're teenagers. Yeah. That's what they're supposed to be doing. Stupid things. Well, obviously, yeah. Henrietta's more grounded, but maybe it's because of the fact that she's not, you know, anywhere near Charles Hayter. Not she'd be acting if, the fool. Yeah. I wonder if Henrietta is older than Louisa. Who knows? You know? She acts older. Well, some people are also mature for their age. So, yeah. True. Who knows? They are the Kitty and the Lydia of this. They story. are. <laughs> they are. I didn't want to bring up Pride and Prejudice, but they are. Sometimes you just gotta like compare the two. <laughs> Louisa knocks herself out, causes a big thing, but Anne comes to the rescue, and like Wentworth is like, Anne will know what to do. Anne is like the best person ever. <laughs> Everybody, it's okay. Louisa is okay. Although she is, her personality changes. She got knocked hard. <laughs> knocked hard into some sense. Because uh, that's the one, I do feel bad about that because Charles says that like she's recovered, but a su- like noises will scare her now. And she doesn't have like, she's not as like outwardly happy and stuff. She just wants to sit with Benwick and read poetry and stuff like that like so her like whole personality seems different post head injury so she had well obviously she had a massive head injury yeah because it sounded like she was unconscious for days and it was a long time to recover to the point that the Harvilles and the Musgroves became very friendly the Harville kids were like living up the Musgroves for a while and like Miss Mary was all put out because Mrs. Yes. Musgrove was treating them like she liked them more than her own grandkids. She's which I'm sure she wasn't, but Mary's so dramatic about it. Mary is dramatic, but also the kids aren't the kids like a little bit again too rambunctious. The grandma can't deal with it. Yeah, because that's part of the complaining. She says that uh mary needs to get them under control and then mary says that grandma is always giving them junk food and candy and Mm -hmm, then they're mm -hmm. like they act up the rest of the day and stuff like that yeah and um she makes a point of saying that the kids act so much better when ann's around but that, that like ants can control kids sometimes better than parents there ends they up being like, a merge of like, the families. Yeah, they all became like a little gang. And like, yeah. you know, they had like their crew. They had the the sailors like before the whole entire incident. Like these guys started hanging out, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the incident happened and I think things kind of fell apart. But it brought together these two families. Exactly. Which is nice. I like that. Things happen but one of the things that happens in Lyme before this incident was that they came across this gentleman who was walking by, a very handsome gentleman. Yes. And he stares at Anne, and Aaron stares at him. And Wentworth gets all weird. And it's like, staring at Anne, like, who, who, who's this guy looking at you? What's going on here? And it turns out it's Mr. Elliot. The cousin Elliot. The cousin Elliot. The heir to the... To the Elliot... The, I was gonna say the throne, but throne. The no, I was, I, I was the heir to the baronet, baronet, and the um, college hall. But it's they so don't funny. know each other because I think Anne was at school when he had been like hanging out with Sir Walter and with Elizabeth, and when they were trying to get him to actually, yeah, he she wasn't she was at school. I know this because of Mrs. Smith. 
So yeah, Anne was away at school, so she never knew him when he was hanging around the family before. So she had no idea it was her cousin. And then they find out after he leaves that okay. it's Mr. Elliot. I was going to ask you, when did they find out? Yeah, they ask they ask someone after they see him leave. And um and then he doesn't realize that it's Anne until later on when they meet him back. Well, he doesn't know who she is either. Yeah, exactly. But we find out later that he was all up in her business. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm enjoying all of Mrs. the Smith. <laughs> who the hell is Mrs. Smith? Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. So you guys I hate all... random. I hate random characters. I hate them when they're thrown in to cause a she stir. She is not thrown in. She is so vital to this whole book. And it... Wait, so... wait, 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 wait. Okay, no, 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 no. Some characters, as vital as they are, are thrown in to cause a stir. This is Mrs. Smith, then. Am I right? She I keep thinking about my telenovelas. When I used to watch tel- telenovelas when I was like, you know, so let's get into years. Mrs. Smith. We'll just get into Mrs. Smith because she she happens when they get to bath. So they're about to get to bath anyway. Okay. Um, but for those, why I'm so worked up about Mrs. Smith, you all will realize this later when this episode drops. We had previously done an episode talking about one of the adaptations, movie ad- adaptations of this book. And it's not going to drop until after the writer strike. I go off because Mrs. Smith is left out of that movie. <laughs> it makes me so angry. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You were so, very upset about that. I was because. Well, you see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. I was like, okay. I was thinking that Mrs. Clay was Mrs. Smith because oh, no, something no. happens at the end and it's just like, whatever. And so I was just thinking that it was her, but no, I'm wrong. I do I have, recall you being very upset. Talk I have to, all these notes about Mrs. Smith. Talk to me. Talk to us. So they get to Bath, and she meets Mr. Elliot. They and, who? Um, Anne and Lady Russell. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. Because, yeah, Anne was going to, after Lady Russell came home from, she was somewhere, they were going to go to Bath together. So they go to Bath, and that will be it for part one. We had so much to discuss about persuasion that we decided to break this discussion into two separate episodes. Please join us next week as we continue with part two of our discussion of persuasion by Jane Austen. Please go ahead and like and follow us on Instagram. Feel free to buy us a coffee and have a great week. Thanks for listening to Gabbing. Gabbing. We're Gabbing. We're Gabbing. We're Gabbing. We're Gabbing. We're Gabbing. We're Gabbing.